The Search Says Podcast is brought to you by Bruetta Tea, organic, natural, loose-leaf tea that comes in a patented tumbler, so you never get the tea leaves. Instead, you just get the tea. Find us at Bruetta.com. That's B-R-U-E-T-T-A.com. Hey, this is the second part of our two-part interview on The Search Says Podcast. If you want to check out the first part, make sure you go to The Search Says Catalog. Click in, tap in, and check it out. So I, 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 I want to get into it only because I know and, you know, if, if you don't want to talk about it, I understand because I know that it's very raw for you right now. But um, like I know it must be overwhelming for you to see the outpouring of love um, that everyone is, is having uh, for Zev Love slash Doom. And um, I also know that you're you're the person that gave him his uh debut like you introduced him to to you know a a national audience a a national stage but what was it what was it about um him at the time that made you that made you know that told you like okay you're, you're ready it's your turn this is this is the point that this is what everybody was waiting for tonight anyway, you know, because Oh, no, I know. No, I mean, no, no, no. I and no, you know, look, we the truth is we you and I've had this set up and planned for, you know, weeks now. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything kind of just said, you know, things happened on, you know, even though doom officially, you know, left us in the physical on October 31st, Jasmine didn't announce it till New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said something a little while before about how you, Tariq, were friends in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known Doom since he was 14 years old. Like, that was, that's my crew. Like, I just, I, I just put up a photo. I want to show it to you. Mm-hmm. Like, so this is my crew. This is Ahmed and Otis, Doom, Subrock, a very young, beautiful bride of mine. Yeah, this was this was our crew. Like, this is who we came up with, bro. Like, so when I was making my solo records, I was going to Long Beach, Long Island, because that's where all the girls were. Um, right. And I would ride my bike from Far Rockaway over there. And I met a brother named Ahmed. And Ahmed lived three blocks from the from the beach. And um, Ahmed, his neighbors were his his man, Otis. And then up the block was Doom, him, and Dim. Um, and we just became a crew. Like, I was four years older than Doom and him. So I had already put out independent records, and I was already making records. So around the way, I was kind of like that cool dude. Plus, I could rhyme off the top of my head and all of that. So we had MCN in common, but they also had a very interesting philosophy when it came to uh, Islam that I had never experienced, which was the answer our law community, mm-hmm. right? So I was very intrigued by that because a lot of my friends went from having, you know, using their government names to being mathematics, understanding, Lord, Lord mm-hmm. Duquan, you know, Suprema Law, Supreme Mathematics, and they were using Islamic names, mm-hmm. you know? So we just became the get yours posse. We were GYP. Like that was just who we were. It was just, we were all boys. 
Mm -hmm. And we would go to the park jams and we would go to all of this. And I would be just working on music. And then all of a sudden, Doom would be tapping out beats. Mm -hmm. Sub Rock would be thinking about beats. And then we would just start rhyming. It was never uh, when I think you're ready, I'm going to get you a deal. Okay. It was when I get on, you get on, period. There was no preparation. There was no thinking about the, you know, the mechanics of his rhyme skill. Like we started working on Cactus. He was in every, he was almost in every session. You know, he was, I mean, he was there like in, and, and he and doom and, and sub rock were super critical of my verses. Really? They were telling me when I was whack. And they and I would listen, and I because I had no reason not to because they loved me. They were, we were family. We made Ramadan. We made Salat together. Like I wasn't even practicing as a Jew. Like I was a I was practicing Muslim. Like I was not. I was in. Like the third right. base in the back of my head. Subra cut that every week. Like like that. He was my barber. Like when I first thought about getting a hot top fade, Subra cut that hot top fade. Word. Yeah, because I had a Jew fro. I was a white, yeah, I'm a Jewish Ashkenazi kid. I'm, I had a Jew fro, the size of, I had a big ass fro picking a whole nine. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. And Subrock said, he's like, yo, you can have a high top fade. And I was like, all right, cool. And he cut a high top fade. And I never forget, I went, I went to New York and I went to 96th Street to see Sake and Pete and Bobito. And they were like, yo. Search got a hot top. That's crazy fresh. <laughs> and they wanted they want to touch my hair. I'm like, the fuck you doing? Don't touch a fucking black man's hair. You crazy? <laughs> right, so, right? All of that shit. Right? Like, so it was no quest. It was not ever about that. Right? It was about we're on. Like we're on. And gas face, right? So seven, that was our crew. Like that was our word, gas face. And how mm -hmm. it came about was our man Alan's father had a big ass Cadillac, like a 74 Eldorado. Mm -hmm. And we were in Long Beach. And for, to go to Long Beach, to go to Roosevelt Field Mall in Hempstead, and, well, in Roosevelt, Long Island, was like a 45 minute ride. Right. And that's where all the hottest girls in Long Island were in, were in Roosevelt Field Mall. That's mm -hmm. where they were. And we couldn't leave the island with Alan's car. We could only go there. So we all would chip in like whatever little money we had left for the week. And that car got like 4.6 feet to the gallon. Like it was like, it was a gas, it was a giant, it was a boat. Right. So there's eight or 10 or 12 of us. We chipped in money to get that car to Roosevelt Field to try to kick it to girlies. And when we kicked it to them, they would scrunch up their face because we were broke. <laughs> we didn't have no bags. We weren't carrying no Foot Locker bags. We weren't carrying no Calvin Klein bags. We so they would scrunch their face up like. And I and I'll never forget. Subrock looked at me and he said, "Man, we spent all that gas money to get a face like that." And Subrock <laughs> said, "Yo, we should call that shit the gas face." The gas, and we saw we all started laughing. Yeah, so we all started laughing like, "Oh shit, that's the gas face." 
So then we would purposely go to Roosevelt Field Mall <laughs> to see which girls gave us the gas face. The gas like, face. yo, so we could get the gas face. Like, that you was now. Okay. So we were just, just some fucking nerds. <laughs> but Subrock always scooped girls because he was so cute. So okay. girls, like, he would always, and he always got the most numbers. Like, out of all of us, Subrock always got the most numbers. Always. Mm -hmm. So when we went into the studio and Paul, you know, so towards the end of the Cactus album, we were in the studio with the Bomb Squad and we were in the studio with Paul. So mm -hmm. we do Brooklyn Queens because we always wanted to sample that. And then Paul starts looping up um, the respect sample and um, right. we start thinking about doing Gas Face. And it was, it was a no brainer that Zev Love X was going to close the record because it's his, we actually asked him permission. We were like, yo, do you mind if we, do this song gas face on our album because it was his it was his term right it was, it was his, his term right. even though it was gyp posse it was his term so i said to him i said yo we want to do this song is it cool with you he was like yeah as long as i can get on so we're like yeah no problem like of course so i wrote my verse and then he you know i mean he killed it i mean he killed it gas face can either be a smile or a smirk right when it appears a, a monkey wrench to quirk one's clockwork right Perking his brim to the rim of my cup. Don't tempt me empty to fill her up. Yep. That's all about the gas money to get out to I get the face. As I'm talking coffee or cocoa, is you loco? Gas or credit for unleaded at Sunoco? KMD in third base of this ace in the hole. I mean soul, so make the gas face. Damn if looks could kill. It looks like a host was a ghost from your grill, but still, what's the new fad to recollect to a passing days, the back days, the 80 decker from a label reads hood, street my habitat, tis no picking a card, ain't no rabbit from no hat, because we couldn't pull no tricks. Wow. Never a magician if I ever tricked him. Oh, oh shit. shit, another gas face victim. Because yo, the whole verse is about us going to the mall to try to get, get girls, girls and get dead and get this uh, and the gas money that went into the car to get to the mall. And you know what I mean? Like that's the whole verse. Wow. Wow. So there was so to answer your question, my brother, there was no he was born to be on. He was born to be on. And um what what i felt was unique um with both the the third base projects and the, and the kmd projects in a which way is also that, 30 30th anniversary this year mr hood yes you're right um what i felt was unique about both of those albums uh your set of albums and kmd's set of albums in a way that's in a way that's not um, Prince Paul associated is I love the way that you guys craft it. Like I'm an albums person. I'm not a singles person. I'm an album person. So you're an architect, you're a beat architect. Yeah, but no, not even that. Like even, even the, 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 the interludes, like for me, like what makes an album is how it flows. The interludes, like shit. I, I think I was listening to Al's ABCs, like, <laughs> last week you know what i'm saying so, so do you know that so let me tell you the story about al's abcs okay tell me tell me that's a true story and that happened really and that yeah so let me explain to you okay so al aka shamik aka cool papa shah okay father was an og jamaican dude he was the kind of dude that when we went to try to find alan at his crib 
we would knock on the door. The door would creak open, and he had like a railroad hallway. And towards the back of the hallway, the door would be open, and Al's dad was sitting there taking a shit. Oh, railroad hallway all the way to the yeah, back? to back. And in I, the back I learned that the that term is called a oh, shotgun hallway. Shotgun hallway, right. Shout out to uh, uh, <laughs> Brian Cranston's new series. Right. Which is crazier crazy. than Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazier crazy. than Breaking Bad. Oh, you Breaking Bad fans will Honor, love, Oh, yeah. Honor is. Will yeah, love your honor. Your honor. Yeah, okay. it's crazy. Shotgun hallway. So go ahead. Finish. So at the end of the hallway was the bathroom, and his dad was sitting there taking a shit with the door open. <laughs> so we knocked on the door, and um, we were like, yo, is Al here? And his father would go, and part of my Jamaican accent is not great, but he would go, Al. Al is a street N-word. Right. If one wants to find Al, one must go to the street. Fuck out my house. And that was it. And he would sit there taking his shit. And you just close the door, right? So we came back. We were out for like, I think, a couple of nights or something. Right. And we came back and we came to Al. We brought Al. It was me. I think it was me and Pete. And either Rich or me, Pete, Rich and... Our, our road manager Rick, and we get there, and his father is pissed and drunk, oh, making boy. rum drunk. Oh no! Okay. And he says, "Alan, sit down. Let me tell you what kind of piece of shit you are. A, A is for the atrocious acts that you abominated and committed. No. B is for the belligerent bits of state of my affairs, bad boy. C is your you cantankerous condition. You, you have no cutout." D is for the dastardly things that you do, dummy. E is for the everlasting torn in my flesh. F is for flesh that say, fuck you, G. Get out my house, H. Oh, my idiot. And he did that whole shit off rip, breaking him down. You had that prepared? Yes. And he just, and when he stopped, I don't know if Al included the N and it's for New York City. I don't know if that was his pops or not, because I was a little kind of like, you know. Right. I was kind of a space cowboy in that moment too. Oh, oh, it's for the atrocious acts that you abominated and committed. Like, yo, broke them down. Broke wow. them down. That's and Al remembered that. And yeah. And when he and, and and Ricky goes, Would you like to, you know, go to the Gilgo Bush with me? No, no, don't interfere with my spot. This right. is my spot. You know, that was like a lot of the things that happened in third base albums were like for real. Like they were just like our life experiences, right? Wow. Like, like for example, like, um, but my balls itch, like that, that, that skit. Yes. That skit really never was supposed to be on the album. Like it was never even supposed to, Sam was just messing with this Tom Waits record. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't first thing. of all, as much as I know about music, I was Smith's, The Cure, Talking Heads, you know, Ohio Players, Parliament. Tom Waits could have been Tom Arnold. Like, I don't know who he is. I, I don't know what know he sounds from, like. Right. I don't know what he even looks like. I don't know. No, I know Nan about a Tom Waits. Right. So he puts on the bump, 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 doom, 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 bump, bump, bump. Now, I've never heard going to the river. I, I don't know anything about it. Down but in, in my head, but all, but all I'm hearing in my head is, but my balls itch. So I start laughing my ass off. I go in and they start recording it just because we were waiting in between tracks. Right. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> and that's where that came from. But here's wow. the stupid shit. We put it on the album. We don't know about clearing the sample. Oh. Tom 
but I mean, not only bugs out, he spazzes out because he thinks I'm making fun of him. Because he's making fun, right? I was about I'm to disrespecting say, him, right. dude. He took everything. Like what? I mean, he took he took that song. He took 100 percent of controlled composition and suing us. And I think he actually got the song next to it, the song after it. Like I think, like he, he, I have never. I can't believe I'm saying this on on this podcast and in the club. I've never seen a royalty check from third base ever. Oh no, no artist ever sees royalty checks because they're no, no, no. But I've never. I think we are unrecouped still. Stay like they won't even put out a third base record for fear that there are samples that have not been cleared. Right, like. You know, I think they just released because I, I think we just had a lot of wordplay about me trying to get my my catalog back because that's mm -hmm. in the process of what I'm doing now. Okay, with my lawyer Steve Sidman, who's on here too. Shout out to Steve um, and Mackenzie. Love you. Um, that entire like catalog of music has never been properly utilized by Def Jam because they're so afraid of how many controlled compositions are in each song. Right. So I'm just like, yo, just let me buy my records back. How much? Like, let me just get them back. Why? So they told me a number, like 2013. They're like, all right, right. give us a quarter of a million dollars. And I said, great, no problem. Sign up for okay. the contract. Get the contract. Problem is, they don't know where the masters are. I was going to say, are you... Also, are you a victim of the universal yes. fire? Yes, of 2000. Ah, damn. So now, you know but, he, but now I, I have a, started, and I know you, and you have a, you have a, a claim against them as well because there's well, been several the of your thing. masters. Here's the, here's the funny thing. Yeah, please. So, I didn't know that I inadvertently, when that story made the New York Times, I was answering a, a fan of a, a fan of ours was asking if we were going to. Uh, acknowledge the at the time the 20th anniversary of our third album Illadelph Half-Life mm -hmm. and I explained to them I said you know we were going to do that but um there was this giant fire that engulfed all of damn near uh you know 60 percent of all of Universal's right uh lot and mm -hmm. um we could not find at the time, we couldn't find three songs uh, on on the master reels, and so it was sort of a lost cause. So I just gave up and just chalked it up to, you know, my my entire history is is burnt and erased. Um, good news, we we just found the missing reels, because oh, the thing wow. is, um, that's amazing. If, if you're in if you're in a proper studio, um. And there's different level of studios that, you know, sometimes you go to a studio that's just like, you know, open at four in the morning and they do you a favor and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, at the time when we were recording and still recording on reels, uh, you're supposed to make a master reel and you're supposed to make a duplicate reel, quote, just in case. case yeah. And thank God they, they found the just in case reels. So uh, I'm glad. Uh, Wanna, yeah, so my my history has not been erased. I'm very happy about that. So glad. And uh, you know, we're talking about Zev because I promised these people that I would communicate about Zev. I want to show you another right. picture. I didn't get my question out. Yeah. I didn't get my question out about get your, your record. Question. I'm going to talk about this. Yes. So go ahead. Well, Sorry. okay. So I, because I know that Prince Paul was not involved with any of those records. 
but the way that you guys, especially with the Mr. Hood uh, album, those those was he always that zany with with interludes and ideas and I mean that stuff has never stopped in none of his records, especially how he uses sound bites and and talking instruction records and and like where everything but the kitchen sink gets utilized in an idea like where did where did that sense of adventure come from it's always been who he is um um it's always been mr hood as an album and the jeweler and all of that was an idea that he had way before that concept man of the instructional uh-huh. talking record and yeah like yeah so i mean that's always he, been i'm sorry go ahead no 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 please now i was saying like even now like the, the thing that um and i tweeted this uh last week like I, I said that i hate um usually when 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 someone transitions their music hits you way different i, 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 I remember seeing the and yeah i've, I've been like between him and and ecstasy and i know you have history with mm-hmm. with houdini as well mm-hmm. um like this is weird like how their music is hitting me way different and i wish it wasn't that way that someone has to leave this place for you to listen extra close you know scrutinize the music more and so yeah that's that's been hitting me like what a genius he was at crafting music you yeah know. and again like you know I, somebody just posted like you know do you have any stories of tupac so this is when we were on the road uh with big daddy kane digital underground queen latifah so that's sub rock making the face obviously tupac and and doom mm-hmm. um some of my favorite memories of early on in tour was we would you know basically be in the back of um, our bus or the digital underground bus and it'd be me doom him and Tupac with his bodyguard from that tour and we would all make salat and we would all talk about you know Islam and you know Pac was a dancer for digital underground way before mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so we would all talk about our dreams you know, we were all talking about like, you know, what we would do together and all of that. And, you know, Pac was talking about like early on what he was going to do in terms of an artist and Doom and him were just spewing ideas about, you know, their records and how they were going to make them and what they were going to create and how they were going to create. And one of the things that I love about this picture is this was something that Subrock, Doom and Pac and I would do almost every night after shows. Um, we would go, if we were at a hotel with a piano, mm-hmm. um, Shock G would play <laughs> okay. and then Sub, Doom and Top Pac and I would run freestyle for hours and hours. In the hotel lounge? In the hotel lounge. And meanwhile, most of the people were ignoring us because they were either trying to meet somebody or get to know somebody. So we were in the bar lounge and usually the bar lounge, you know how that was. There was never a grand piano in the hallway of the Marriott. It was Uh usually tucked away somewhere. And we would just rhyme about how much we cared about each other, how much we loved each other, how much we thought we were going to have great careers and great all of this and all of that. And um, I remember Pac taught me how to 
come up from a, a folded lotus without using my hands after I made Salat. Taught me how to like, you know, pray. like, yeah. So it was like, and, and we really became like family. Like it was really like a family thing um, for like almost a year. Um, I love this photo too. This is from the, um, this is from our um, album, Third Base album release party. And this is kind of the way I'm always going to remember. Not the LA one, right? No, no, this is the- uh, The New York one. New York okay. one, yeah. But this is the way I'm always going to remember Doom. He, you know, he was always funny. You know, he was always cracking jokes. He was always funny. He always had a silly face on. Like, you know, he he really had a divine sense of humor. And he saw the world from such a beautiful place. And um, when Subrock died, that's kind of when the mask was born. Because mm -hmm. the pain that he felt when his brother died, he really didn't have anybody that could help him with that, you know? And I said it, you know, the thing that hurts me the most, the thing that I am challenged with the most is that I can't make the amends that I want to make with him, you know? And it doesn't, you know, I, I don't want to, be whimsical about it and say, oh, if he was alive, this would have happened, that would have happened. Probably never would have happened. You know, like I did a record with Curious George and Doom 10 years ago called Benetton. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited about it because I was coming home to Far Rockaway. I was going to shoot it. I thought all three of us were going to shoot it at the same time. And then the last minute I found out that Doom shot his part already and he went back home and that was that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really wanted to see him. And, and when his son Malachi died, like I really made an effort to try to get in touch with him as a father mm -hmm. and just, you know, say, Hey, you know, I understand it. Um, you know, cause I got three kids. Um, but the thing that hurts the most is that I won't have the ability to make the amends that I wanted to make with him, you know, that I wanted to get to know him as a grown man that I wanted right. to, remember who he was as a 14 year old. It's okay, man. You know, because the challenge that I have, you know, with all of this is this sense of abandonment that after Mr. Hood and after everything that happened with me and Pete, that I made a decision and I severed ties with the people that were the closest to me. Right. Um, and, you know, I really felt a sense of responsibility that where Doom went, wherever he went, I wasn't there to, you know, give him a pound, hold his hand, hug him, mm -hmm. you know, show him the love that he deserved, you know, and 
I'm not sure it would have been reciprocated or not. Not it, It's not about regret. So I don't want to talk about it as if it's a level of regret. Okay. But it's more about, you know, knowing that I've changed as a human being, you know, um, and that I've grown as a human being. And whatever mistakes I made, right. you know, in my past is certainly not the person I am in the present. You know, and the authentic version of myself today is... I'm a better human being than I am today. So one of the things I know in the commitment that I've made, not only to surf, but to the other people around me is that I know that I have to treat those people a hundred times better than I treated Doom and Sobra in their professional career. Right. Because I, I walked away when I shouldn't have, and I should have protected them better. And I didn't, mm -hmm. and I could have done a lot of things differently than I did and I didn't. And I allowed people to be involved that maybe shouldn't have been involved. And I could have made better decisions because they were my friends. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, that, that Those were my people. You know what I'm saying? Like those, when I hear people talking about their relationship with Doom as an adult, I can't relate to that because I don't know about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I would never, do drugs with doom like that was not my relationship with him i was never right. you know that was not i didn't i knew the kid behind the mask but i knew the young man who was funny and whimsical and had an, an amazing spirit and you know who loved his brother who loved his younger brother dim who loved his sister who you know had this joyful spirit and when Subrock died something was taken from him that he never got back however whatever wherever we whenever place he went to what was the residue there was this indelible incredible genius talent that made operation doomsday that made mm, food that made you know made so many amazing mad villainy you know danger doom like just made so much amazing music mm -hmm that people really will now start to absorb and absorb and absorb. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who is crying, he's our age, and then his 19-year-old son came in crying because they had that common bond right. about doom. You know, he transcended generations. And you know, you talk about, you know, Tom York from Radiohead, Johnny Marr, like I've been getting messages and seeing messages from people that I had no idea that they that he left this yeah. indelible, indelible mark. Mm -hmm. You know, the pieces that are running in Amsterdam and Japan, Hong, like places that would never let pieces leave the yard are running around the world, you know? Right. You know, somebody in Wynwood just showed me an entire block that's being done, you know, in dedication to Zev. And, you know, for me, man, it's, you know, when Scott LaRock died, mm -hmm. it hurt. It hurt. Because right. Scott was my mentor when I was an artist and when I, and he was my friend. Like, you know, that hurt. I couldn't even go right. to the funeral because it hurt so bad. Mm -hmm. This pales, I mean, when I, this pales in comparison. Right. 
And even though I've lost 95 friends to COVID last year, this is so unexpected right. and so out of left field. And I heard somebody share it. It's like, this got to be a, a, like a typical doom like joke that he, you know, this is typical, you know, mad villain, like died in October. You know, they talked about it, you know, now they're making right, an announcement exactly. in New Year. He's going to be resurrected in April. Like, you know, like, you know, it makes sense as the mad villain, but you know, it's true. Yeah. You know, you know, it, you just know it in your heart and your gut, you know, his younger brother, Dim hit me, sent me such a beautiful note about how we're going to connect on positive, on positive levels. The first dude that I ever became friends with that wound up rolling with Pete, he and I were able to make amends and reconnect my man, Ahmed, who, you know, I haven't talked to in years. Right. Onyx, the last remaining member of KMD and I are, are connected again, you know, so, you know, with his demise, with his passing, there's this regeneration of everything that is, was so beautiful in my life. Well, I mean, that's, that's the, I guess we could say that's the silver lining. And yeah, man. And, you know, and it's healing. Yeah. And, you know, look, I tell you all the time how much I love you and how much you mean to me as a friend and as a, as a person in, in my life. But it means even more so that now I am more conscious and aware of making amends, of reconciling with people. I reconcile with Ill Bill from nonfiction, you know, months ago. But, you know, I, Sabak Red, who I haven't talked to in years, you know, there's so many people that I feel like I need to make amends to because I was in such a different place. I was such a different headspace. And right. I don't want to let any more time go by. You know, the most valuable commodity I have now is my time, you know? And it's not promised. You know, there's a, a famous, one of my favorite Talmudic Jewish uh, sayings is that there's a rabbi that says that when we're all born, we're all born with only a certain amount of words in our mouth. And we don't know how many words we're born with. Mm -hmm. But when we speak our last word, we die. So we should speak every word as if it's our last and not waste a word. And Some I just don't want to move forward in my life wasting any more words. You know, I want to build something with my wife and build something that tells our stories in a way that is beautiful, that is committed to the culture and to, you know, defining what we grew up with and what we love. And, um, you know, you're a very big part of that in my life, bro. Like you're a very, very big part of that, you know, and you know, that you gave me, I mean, look, we're here two hours. I could keep here another two, but I want you to go spend some time with Gracie. Um, but, Gracie. You know, she's oh, I know. I know she's out cold. So is Shan, you know, so is my wife. Yeah. But, um, but, um, you know, I just, I can't thank you enough for your time. And, and I thank sure, you for being on the sure. show, bro. I'm glad sure. you enjoy the level of professionalism that I bring to my podcast. Um, 
Well, you know, we try, we try to be really professional here. I mean, we, I, I, you know, and I appreciate you as well. And, you know, you were definitely, I mean, before we were anything, I mean, you, I, I will say that, you know, you're definitely one of the first, um, people. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, there, there's been a lot of, pie in the face moments where like we'll meet our idols there was one point when like g you know like g rap is is Tariq's god you know what i mean <laughs> and we're and we're like deep into our third album right. and it's like he's like oh y'all y'all got a demo or something and there was such a <laughs> that was such a want want moment right. <laughs> but you know like we never took a personal, but I, I I will say that you were definitely one of the first the first guys that like you know that we that was like a hero to us and and that we really admired and you showed us so much love like when we were. Um, I remember bringing you to Vegas for the Echo Show, Echo and my Limited. first Echo Show. Yes, uh, yeah, ASR. Dude, I still have your uh, Gangstar Buster Move Boy. Stu fine still 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 uh not it's not even that. the bust to move what i gave you is my test pressing of main source breaking atoms yes i have them all yes i have them all i do yeah i have them um but no man it you know well do me a favor though when i send yeah. this to you when i send you the bruetta tea make sure you drink it because they're really good people and they're amazing they love you they're making you gracie the whole crew custom tumblers so Make sure you drink it. Don't save it. Also, yeah. one other thing I, I want you to be a part of, if you didn't know that I was a part that I was going to bring this up. So I'm going to leave it up to you how you want to deal with this. So okay. I, um, you know, in my in my journeys in doing this show, um, you know, there's certain people I really want to interview and talk mm -hmm. to. And like I said, we have Chris Rock next week. We have the incredible Hall of Fame running back, who, by the way, has never done an interview. Edron James, uh, the Hall of Famer from the Colts, is going to be on. Mm -hmm. Amazing story, what he's done in Orlando and what he's given back and to the. He's never done an interview. We have an exclusive. Okay. But one of the people that I love so much is Kim Coles. I, I mean, I just love her. I, I mean, right. as you know, living color. I mean, yeah. living single. Yeah. Just love her. I reached out to her on LinkedIn. It turned out that it was not her, that it was her team. Oh, okay. And they said that um, she'd be more than interested to do it. She asked me to send some clips because they didn't know who I was. So what? I sent them some clips of my show. And then they said that she would need a, a $750 honorarium to be on my show. So I now present. Ooh, I guess. Yeah. So I now present yeah. the Kim okay. Coles Interview Fund. Um, we have been doing this for now um, six months. Um, to try to get the fans because we don't pay for interviews. I didn't ask you to be compensated. I didn't even know that that's a thing. Okay. Right. I, I didn't know it was a thing either when people asked me to be on things. But Kim Coles, obviously, she's a very busy person um, and needs an honorarium. So to date, we have collected. What's, what's the total? Zero yeah. What is Zero dollars. Zero dollars. Zero. So if anybody wants to donate to the Kim Coles interview fund, we have a GoFundMe. Um, so if you'd like us to, I'm going to retweet this. Yeah. So if you'd like to, us to interview Kim Coles, 
the, the goal is $750. We have collected a total of $0 so far. But uh, we would love to have her on the show. We don't pay for interviews, but we would love to have her on the show. And uh, so if you would like to donate. We're uh, gonna, yes, you, we're going to step out on faith. And I think that is a beautiful thing. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Dude, so when is the album dropping? Like, I need to know okay. this. Here's the deal. I mean, uh, here we go. You know, in a perfect You world, know, whenever my grandfather would say, here's the deal, I'd be sitting for an hour. It'd here's be like, the here's the deal. Michael, here's the deal. You have to understand something with what's going on with me. See, back in 1943, Michael. I'm sorry. So I'm not. I'm I'm sorry. Okay. No, um, it's it's going to have to come out. Uh, what does that mean, have to? It has to come out during the summer. It has to because it's contractually obligated to not come out? contractually. It's just that I, I, we got to. Has to come out? Not, oh, is it because it, you want it to line up with. With you know, with the with Philly Park Jam and with you know, with that you wanted to have it out. So when you do the no, festival it, in Philly, you'll have new music. I hear all the talk that you know, if if all goes well, and I I love the the reason why I really love doing this is that this two hour conversation has taken us or taken me away from watching MSNBC to see what's happening. The world could be ending right now, and I don't know it. And that's okay. That's that. okay. That's okay. I'm okay. I'm fine with that. Because you know what? The one thing I, I wanted this conversation to be evergreen. I did not want to talk about that craziness. Exactly. So I, I will say that, um, you know, God willing that we see uh, the level of normalcy where we can start doing shows again around. I'm here in September-ish. What about virtual festivals would you be willing to do know. virtual I mean, we, festivals? we did one of the very first ones the, the roots picnic mm -hmm. we did i believe that we did the very first virtual uh festival um back in back in june we still kept it up and did the roots picnic um but yeah i mean i'm talking about like in front of a crowd like i'm, I'm just amped and excited to to do this new material so mm -hmm. um yes it has to be out this summer. Louis Laporte says we need some roots music to uplift us from the Crazy. craziness in the world. Louis Laporte, I could not agree with you more. That's that's actually that's actually that's actually one of the things that kind of slowed me down a little bit mm -hmm. because initially in 2016, um, my personal goal was like, okay, we've done these really dark political albums like the last four records um i want to take it back to the first four records mm -hmm. where we were kind of just having carefree fun with it and we you know we started recording in november of 2016 and um then when trump got in office and the world became super dark then it kind of like i don't know i got gun shy with it and i was like Maybe it'll be a little too, uh, you know, like not in bad taste to, to release such a carefree, happy-go-lucky record in such a politically dark time. Uh -huh. So then during that four years, we made some of the darkest shit ever. Uh. But now here we are again. So it's almost like, you know, again, I, it took a while, but I, th I think I'm going to find the perfect combination of 13. I'm not... 
I'm not going to jinx it. That's another thing. I'm going <laughs> to stop talking about this record until it happens. So I can't more. wait. I, let me tell you something. I can't wait. I, I really can't. Like, real talk. Like, I, I, first of all, I love every album you ever had, every album you ever made. Thank you. I mean, I just, I just, but, no, there is no but. And I wouldn't mind if it's 23 cuts. I wouldn't mind that. We're the only thing I'm going to say, the only thing I'm going to request, I don't even know if I should request this. Maybe my people should request Go ahead. Go ahead. Just, just request If it. the co-defendants go on tour next summer, me, Johnny, Brockett, Epic, we would like to perform. Do any Epic. tour is fine with me. Okay. Just let's, anything. Um, okay. I'm, I'm Dr. Agreeable to anything. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the multi-talented, the yeah. incredible, the dear friend of my family. I appreciate the it. The man they know as Questlove. DJ, author, and bodies away, Mazel Tov on another number one book. Um, I, I appreciate yeah. And And, and a soon to be director. Um, oh, that's right. You got, yo, that's right. Soon to be that, director. And Sun, Sundance, it's coming out. You, you got the. Oh, here's the thing. Uh, oh, here we go. Because here's no. the thing. Michael. Michael. Here's <laughs> the thing. You have to, in 1967, Michael. <laughs> go ahead. We, um, you know, I, I've been I've been directing this documentary for the last two uh, years about um, the Harlem Cultural Festival, otherwise known as Black Woodstock, which uh -huh. is basically three months before Woodstock happened in '69. There was a concert for three hundred thousand Harlemites um, mm. in 1969. Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone, the Staple Singers, Mahalia Jackson, BB King, <laughs> uh, David Ruffin um the fifth dimension like it was a crazy concert and it was documented and nobody cared so the footage just sat in the basement for 50 years wow so i've been working on this documentary um it's it's mind-blowing like it's it's so mind-blowing that yes even a first-time director like myself could direct and put this and piece it together and not drop the ball so Amazing. Um, the 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 people of Sundance have chosen me to open up uh, the festival. No pressure. And no no pressure whatsoever. So <laughs> no pressure. Hearing that's that's kind of a big deal. So yeah. Um, By the I, way, speaking of of pressure, Demetrius says, "I want a Roots album that feels as fun as the time you guys have on the Tonight Show." We're having the time of our lives. I will say that that's. That's, and, uh, that's the the coolest things about the last ten years of us being together is is that. And Robert J. Supreme, you know, yeah, I, no, you can tell. Listen, you could tell how funny you guys have a good time. Robert uh, J. Supreme says, "I can send my six hundred dollar check to the fund." Tell Kim, cash. Wow. Laughing. He's he's ready. He's ready. He's he a, wants the interview. You, you he wants to spend that six hundred. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, but think yeah. So the 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 movie's coming out, and of course, uh, being being in a Pixar film doesn't hurt. Oh, that's um, so great! And by the way, my wife keeps like wanting me to like watch Soul. Like we keep her like, yo, to. we gotta watch Soul. Soul you gotta Soul watch Soul. Is really, it's the it's it's the first adult Pixar film. That's the trick. The trick is that it's not for your kids. It's for every adult that's in a midlife crisis <laughs> kind of rut and no it's, it's it's the sweet spot is any anyone between the ages of 30 mm -hmm. and 60 
And if wow. you've given up on a dream or if you had a dream and then a dream that, you know, those who can't theory. do teach, is that what it is? It is. Wait, wait, what's your theory? You said in your I said those who can't those who can't do teach. Yes, those who can't do teach. But you right. also wait end on this. You said in your 20s, you in yeah, your ten, ten, 20s, you learn and you learn. Right. In your 30s, you churn and you right. learn. In your 40s, you earn and you learn. Mm -hmm. In your 50s, you return and you learn, but you never stop learning. There you go. Life. I'm, I should get that in a tattoo. All right. Okay. Well, I can't, I can't get tattoos because I'm Jewish, but thank you very much anyway. Thank you, brother. I love you. I love you too, man. All, All right. right. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable, the incredible Quest Love has now left the building. Um, although he's still on uh, the podcast over here. We're going to spend a little more time and take some questions with the people in the chop in the uh, chop house room. I don't know why I call Clubhouse chop house. I always screw it up. But I want to leave you guys with this really quickly. Um, again, thank you again to our beautiful sponsors, Bruetta Tea. You'll be able to cop Bruetta uh, at any store in America coming up this year. But um, for right now, go to Bruetta.com. Support them. Um, they are an amazing company. Uh, they are the first patented loose leaf tea that allows you to just put the tea in the tumbler, put some hot water in, steep. You're good to go. It's it's really an incredible, incredible product. So I thank them. Um, and also, I want to thank all of the men and women that are part of this show. Um, there's so much more I want to talk about with with Doom, but I'm a, I think I'm just going to leave this up like this and just end the show on this while I go talk to all the good people in the uh, in the room at Clubhouse. Uh, in the words of my beautiful wife, remember throughout your day to say what you mean and mean what you say. If someone turns to you and says, have a good day, turn around and say, no, you have a better one. Because whatever you want from me, I'd want just as much for you. And if you don't have an agenda in this life, someone will give you one. Might not be nice, so always have a plan. Thank you, people. We'll see you next week with Chris Rock. This is the Search Says Podcast.